0: It's been, I reckon, um, 20, uh, what's 1998 till now? 14 Twenty four. What's that like 24, no, 24 years, isn't 24 it? 24 years, yeah, you're right. It's Sorry. been 24 years since I watched someone type badly. <laughs> <laughs> and um, because well, we're on, other, on opposite sides of the world, we've got a shared Google Doc for the amazing yeah. amount of preparation that goes into this show. And <laughs> you can see the other person typing, and you were having – legit a barry well, crocker
1: i was trying to type in an acronym and another acronym and i was on my phone and i was had made a couple of mistakes geez and then you piped <laughs> in and asked me if i'm having a stroke you idiot what the hell's wrong with you <laughs> it's it not very nice it's
0: honestly <laughs> i'm just sitting there going this is the best five <laughs> minutes of my life in some time you will tell you no. what i
1: typed back though in the message for you after no well i Prefer that that Have stuff is all private feed. We can mention that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, there was yeah. a naughty word
0: used by Stephen, and uh, <laughs> it is what it is. Anyway, apologies, we're uh, we're we're dis- distant from each other once again. Uh, not due to any illness, but uh, just due to my uh, my travel commitment. And uh, yes. back to uh, we'll resume normal programming. Next.
1: Whimsical travel, he's whimsically traveling around the world, aren't you, mate? Whimsical, you know, I wouldn't call two and a half days in
0: America whimsical.
1: Okay. Um, is it been worth the while for you, mate? Has it been good? We're going to talk about what you're there for in, during the... Yeah, we'll show, go. But has it been good? And what's it like? That's yeah, question number one. That's question number one. Question number two is what's it like being in Vegas in summer? Your American yeah, summer? Because we're normally there in January and it's freezing or you know, colder than what it is now, but it's pretty hot there now, huh?
0: It is. Uh, so it's only the second time I've done this. It came with JBL a few years ago. That's a while ago. But like we, Stig and I went out, so it's like the middle of the night here at the moment as we record. We went out, I don't know, four hours ago to find a quick food. And it was, it was still really warm, um, yeah. you know, after dark. Um, but it, it's, a, it's a, I guess, a dry heat. So it's not, like it, it's not a heat yeah. you sweat in.
1: Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's right. a very different. But not very heat hot humidity of Australia, in Australian no. summer.
0: Yeah, right. No, not a at all. a dry heat. Um, Dry heat, and I'm sure if it your it room had a poolside view, it'd be a spectacular place to be.
1: Absolutely. Did you find any of the pools in the casinos, mate, that I recommended no, for ma- you? Or... No, mate, Some good I, ones I, there. Um,
0: some good ones. I'm just sitting here working away and doing my best, mate. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's some good ones that uh, have very loose policies around the amount of swimwear you need to wear as well. So, you know.
0: oh, I'll be honest, I don't remember you sending me <laughs> such a list. So at this point you're just lying. (laughs) Lying.
1: No, they're out there. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's not rabbit on any longer. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Two Blokes Talking Tech Not a bad price With Trevor Long from
1: EFTM.com Really handy device And Stephen Fennec from techguide.com.au
0: Two Blokes Talking Tech Episode 540 Thanks to the great people at Netgear and Arlo For your networking needs at home and your home security needs We've got you covered with those two great companies Uh, If you're looking for something from them You can hear more about them during the show And of course go to their websites netgear.com.au And arlo.com.au Stephen, um, as aforementioned uh, I am in the United States, I'm in Las Vegas. I'm here for an event which I had heard of. Um, it, it first um, was put on in 2019 uh, by Amazon. It's called Re Mars. And the Mars is not like traveling to Mars specifically. Um, the M stands for machine learning, the A stands for artificial intelligence, the R stands for robotics, and the S stands for space. So there is space involved. Okay. Um, but it's it's basically an Amazon nerd fest, right? Um, <laughs> the idea was apparently originally Jeff Bezos had this Mars event, he called it, but it was like an invite only, um, you know, just the best of the best in those spaces, the best robotics engineers, the best in artificial intelligence, and all that kind of stuff would come together for a little little shindig. Felt like a you know um, Mike Prince um, billions you know retreat style. Um, vibe, I think it might have been back in the day. And in twenty nineteen they went, you know what, let's make this an event event. Invite uh, allow people to register if they're, you know, developers or whatever it is. And then COVID happened and they they missed two years. So this is really uh, only the second time it's ever been on. Um, okay. not a big thing. Um, you know, it's very basically, much basically, you know, a keynote event, um, you know, breakaway sessions and then a little show floor where there's a bunch of demonstrations of robotics and things. But yeah, you know, right. not not the kind of thing we would normally get too much into i would think i don't know that you've ever heard of it have you
1: i have not so so this is more about the sort of you know i know they've opened like the robotic fulfillment centers and things like that so this is about making their service better bigger (coughs) and brighter
0: yeah i mean i'm here with aws right so that's the that's the the cloud version the cloud part of amazon but there's you know the amazon go store is, is demonstrated downstairs there is the Alexa robot, the little Astro robot. That's a robotics okay. thing. And it was fascinating listening to a guy talk about that little robot, Astro. And now this is an Alexa screen that can wander around your home. Uh, it can come to you. It can find you. It can act as a security camera, wa- wandering your home, all that kind of stuff. And it actually was born out of, you know, the vision that, well, everyone's going to have robots in five to 10 years. So we better be in that space. But they went, well, we build all these robots because people might not know the fulfillment centers that we've talked about and been to. Yeah. they. You know, it's all robotic. That's those robot. robots are not some third party. That's Amazon build those things. Yeah, right. So they've got a bit of clout when it comes to robots. Yeah. So the so robot space the is, is kind of ticked off by that, whether it's, you know, um, you know, we've seen those cafe robots, you know, those arms that pick up coffee. You've got arms that are used in manufacturing. You know, they're talking about cloud services that have... You know, two robots, you know, talking to each other without, you know, human intervention, so that they can, you know, advise that AI you know, that, thing.
1: is it AI yeah, involved as yeah. well, right? And machine yeah. learning you mentioned too. Yeah, yeah. Some real, it's a real nerd fest, isn't it? Isn't it? Wow, mate, it is, that is super the not... technology that nerds get all juiced up about, huh?
0: <laughs> I was a bit nervous to to come because you know, it's how do you get content out or something like this like how yeah. say.
1: so but what's in the end- story mate have you you can give us a preview of what your story on the today show well, is going to be all about or
0: so so we don't need to chat about it too much because i'm going to have like four interviews on the afgm podcast this week but the the thing that i'm most fascinated about actually is the space stuff not just because it's frankly the sexiest right yeah. um but you think about it. I had this conversation with a dude whose bloody name escapes me now. I don't have it written down near me. But he's a 33-year veteran of the U.S. Armed Forces, retired, you know, major general, now works for Amazon Web Services as the head of their aerospace bloody engineering. This is a bloke that used to fly satellites, right? So he knows his stuff. And I said to him, I said, after the moon landing, right, so after we put people on the moon, it felt like space just fizzled out for people, but I feel like today, it's it's never been more exciting. You know, you've got bloody Bezos launching rockets. Yeah. You've got you've got Leon yeah. doing space his rips, thing. Yeah. You know, it's all happening. And he he was he immediately agreed and said yes. And the Bezos thing is fascinating because Blue Origin, which is Bezos's space company, yeah. is somewhat represented here, and I'll talk about that. But it's not the Kind of central theme of the space part of this show, like this bloke, um, I actually I feel like it's embargoed till Thursday or something. But I'll I'll skirt around the edges. Yeah. This bloke, this this retired major general, talked to me about some technology they had launched into space that it means nothing to you and I, but in reality they are taking cloud computing to space, and like it's it's fascinatingly weird and nerdy.
1: But man, it's it, it's, doesn't it's it, huge. Doesn't it put into perspective though, like where how far we've come though? Like you think about when what, what was it, 1969, we landed man on the moon, yeah. and the apparently the compute power of the lunar module was kind of you know your phone can is a hundred times more more powerful than that. And now then fast forward to 2022, they're talking about cloud computing. So you just imagine the capabilities is so far advanced now. Like imagine if they had that technology back then, they would have landed on the moon like taking a walk. Yeah. So now, you think thinking now, they're obviously aiming at Mars and sort of doing other things. Wow, that, that's exciting what, what the potential could be out there.
0: Well, let, let me give you one last thing that that I stumbled across. It wasn't part of my, you know, my, when in all the briefing stuff I read to try and come up with, you know, stories and a segment and stuff. Wasn't even mentioned, right? But I came across it on the show floor preview. There's a thing called the um, the oh crap, now I forgot the name of it. But it's a uh, you know the International Space Station, right? We're all aware of the International Space Station. That thing is has been up there floating around in space for a bloody long time. Yeah. The Orbital Reef is the name of the project that will replace the International Space Station. The International Space Station will become space junk in like less than ten years. Yeah, it's right. finished. They're no longer going to go there. And so they're going to build this new thing called the orbital reef, which is essentially, you know, just a new generation of that, a bunch of things that get put together and, you know, added to and added to and that's added
1: like, to. That's like a reef. Yeah, I understand but, what the reference there. But
0: okay. what about this? It's, it's part science, part tourism. Oh, so wow. they are literally building a thing. And, you know, and that puts into perspective, you know, the, the Bezos rocket going up, and, yeah. uh-huh. you know, Elon Musk rocket going up. And I don't know if uh, you, did you see at CES this year, out the front in that kind of uh, part under the monorail, there was a John Deere and next to it was this kind of space shuttle looking thing, in a in a building. Did That's you it. see that? No. Yeah. It was a thing called, I'm, I'm sure it's called Sierra, right, was the name of the space company. And I looked at it and then I went, oh, look, we Googled it and it was like, ah, oh, it's kind of fanciful. No, this is the bloody, this is the, they call it a space plane instead of a space shuttle. This yeah. is the space plane that will go up to the orbital reef and, you know, be the shuttle essentially between Earth and the, this new space station. So imagine, yeah. forget Airbnb, imagine yeah. going <laughs> to space for the weekend. That's and pretty cool. every 90 minutes you get a sunrise and a sunset
1: because you're orbiting the Earth. That's incredible. Like
0: that's real. So That's, we're, real.
1: We're, so that's, that's happening. Within the next ten years, did you say? Yes. Station, and what happens to the space station? Do they just take it that apart gradually or they do a Skylab and just let it fall to Earth wherever it may? Be a bit big oh, to mate, just fall to Earth. I, I like to
0: haven't even it. begun to investigate that. But yeah, I assume it either gets jettisoned out into space or jumps <laughs> crashing down.
1: Yeah. Yeah, wow. Well, well, Skylab was a lot smaller than the International Space Station. Imagine that. Imagine that exactly, randomly, yes. randomly somewhere. Jeez, man, you would want to
0: avoid that. Even if it splashed into the ocean, it'd be a solid splash. It'd be solid,
1: but absolutely. Yeah,
0: I, I just yeah. I get the sense that you know the the new international space station won't you know immediately take tourists, but you yeah. know the plan is for it to have that. Can you imagine in our lifetime, people <laughs> being able to yeah. go to space to as a tourism
1: thing, so experience like weightlessness and watch the watch the Earth yes. come up orbit, watch the Travel around the Earth and at these amazing speeds to see all those sunrises and sunsets and wow! Yeah. I cool. did
0: a VR, you know, tour of this you know, orbital reef, and it actually got me quite excited. It made me go, "This is like imagine sitting here and looking at this bloody view." Because that's the that's the great unknown is is the ability for us to go. I I know I I didn't get to say this to this space dude in charge of space for Amazon, but because it felt weird to say it to a guy that's actually worked in this area, but do you know how we get to fly drones? And it's, I think it's so cool because it's a new perspective, right? You take the drone up and you see, you know, the, the, the headlands near your, your, your place like you've never seen them before as a kid or anything. Absolutely, yeah. and, and I think space is just obviously taking that to the next extreme, but it's like, wow, imagine seeing the curvature of the earth, yeah. with your own
1: eyes. That would be awesome. <sighs>
0: I'm putting my superannuation
1: into that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine it won't be a, a cheap venture. That one. Yeah, I or, think uh, that's that's the big challenge, right? Anyway, yeah, um, so the
0: show that. is called Remars. Um, yeah. uh, I, I've I'm I'm literally talking to a guy from Alexa, um, this the 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 space or the aer- uh, aerospace engineering lead, um, and someone else I've got to interview tomorrow. Um, so all that'll be in the EFGM podcast. If you want to unpack a bit more space nerdy. Artificial intelligence. Um, you're listening to
1: two blokes talking tech.
0: This is two blokes talking tech.
1: We've had some news from uh, Optus and more, in more, uh, more particularly, eSIMs. Now, did you, you, did you know Optus were the first telco to introduce eSIMs in Australia? Did you know that?
0: I think it was what? very closely head to head, wasn't it, with Telstra? What, but yeah, absolutely. What
1: Optus is claiming, but now what they're saying is that every MVNO, so Mobile Virtual Network Operator that uses the Optus network, and we're talking dot Circles.live, Dodo, Primus, Spintel, and the list goes on and on. Their customers can now access their services using an eSIM. So rather than having yeah. to source a physical SIM card, now they just simply scan a QR code, and they can connect to either a postpaid or prepaid plan, and whether it's 4G or 5G as well, it'll work. Of course, you'll need a compatible smartphone that that has the eSIM capability, which is I think iPhones as far back as three years old, four years old, Galaxy S20 onwards. I've got a link on Tech Guide, all the all the list of all the phones that will work that that have eSIM capabilities, and obviously not the the cheap the more affordable entry level phones don't all have this eSIM. Hardly any actually have it, but your mid-tiers and upwards have have uh, the e sim capability. But isn't this a, a move in the right direction for MVNOs, for customers? I,
0: I, honestly, mate, I think it's massive. When um, I think it was Kogan and then Boost. Uh, no, was it Boost? No, it was Kogan first. And then Woolworths um, got it from Telstra a few, maybe a month or so ago. I said at the time, this, this is a game changer because it means that you don't need to go to the servo or to Woolies and get a SIM card. When you want to change telcos, and you think about it, um, Optus has almost countless numbers. Are we talking Vaya, Loop, SpinTel, Aussie Broadband? Yeah,
1: they've got more it's- MVNOs than any other telco, apparently. Catch yeah.
0: Connect, Oz Post, Mobile—I've never heard of them. Uh, amazing There's, there's so many, right? And it means that if you see a great deal, and and I've said this to Peter addison who uh, Boost apparently are launching eSIM any moment now, but it still seems uh-huh. to be taking forever. Um, it, I think it's a game changer because imagine you're marketing right so let's say you're aussie broadband aussie broadband could literally send a qr code in the post to every single one of their customers who have a broadband service and go guys if you want to switch just scan this code and that that, that code scanning will not only activate the service but could give them let's say you know 10 days of free internet for free, yeah. uh, free mobile
1: like no, that's, that's, instant. that's it is i, I remember also peter added talking about Imagine when, say, you know how when people travel, they want to just get a temporary SIM card? So imagine yep. being able to just do that. Like he, I think he said in our conversation that imagine landing in Sydney, opening up the in-flight magazine, choosing what carrier you want to go with, scanning it from the magazine, and boom, you've got a plan before you even get off the plane.
0: Mate, I but, went to at and yeah. today and got an eSIM, a little card with a QR code on it, I mean, I've got to be honest. America is a joke when it comes to <laughs> their mobile because in Australia you, you're limited. You can't have more than five prepaid services in your name. Uh, basically, it's a it's a you know a law enforcement um, thing to ensure that there's no you know burner phones being used. But uh, oh, mate, I I just signed up. I didn't even have ID on me, and he just gave me an ECM and I've now got an American phone number and data right. It was that easy, right? I'd literally just scan the code and my phone now has the, the AT&T SIM card in it. That's that. I reckon when you like think about all the times we've on this show said, oh, there's a great new deal out. Um, uh, Aussie broadband you now has, you know, uh, 20 gig data for $10 only for new customers, right? Yeah. If if someone's listening to us and they go, that's awesome. But where the hell am I going to get the Aussie broad, uh, broadband SIM card? You got to go, um, you know, to a shop. You got you to gotta go out. If, if Aussie Broadband can just email you
1: a QR code, boom, Yeah, I know. you're done. We should also mention that the uh, iPad has eSIM. Some tablets have eSIM. So if it's just a data yeah. plan you want to get onto, so no need to muck around and try to find a SIM card, a physical SIM. You can yeah. go down the same path with the tablet as well. So I think the the, the barriers between the customer and the telco now, have been well and truly dropped I'd say this is yeah. uh, this is cool and well, it's uh,
0: great news for it's great news for competitive competitiveness in the low cost space that yeah. that for me is is the deal breaker it's huge and mate the bit, the thing that optus has done st- strategically brilliantly is say you know we're not slowly going to it's boom it's done it's for everyone yeah, so it's, it's really right. now up to those low cost carriers to implement it because there is some work to be done whether it's in their app or in their support teams you know there's work to be done But it means that Optus isn't the one that's holding them back from it.
1: Absolutely not. And I think, you know, the ease in which they can onboard customers, they're they're going to go for that for sure. I think it'll – how soon do you reckon before there'll be no such thing as a physical SIM card? I was talking
0: to Stig today about this because I was trying to explain it. You know, he he hadn't seen an eSIM before. You think about the iPhone 16. Why not remove the SIM slot? Well, I mean, why have it? If eSIMs are that far, that readily available – um, you know, telco apps, all uh, like all Telstra need to do to support that move, for example, as one telco or Optus, is look at their data and say, we've got um, you know, a million customers and we have 800,000 of them using our app because the app is where you activate. So for example, if you get a brand new phone, then the first thing you do, you know, connect to Wi-Fi, you set it up and then you install the Optus app and then you go, I want to activate my eSIM on this phone. You just click a few buttons with your account and it's done. It just activates it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, do you reckon that'll happen? Uh, no, no sim card iPhone. Absolutely, I, I think, I, and it'll take a company like Apple to do that, to show the courage to do that. Do you remember when they dropped the bloody? <laughs> remember they uh, they dropped the, the headphone jack, and and everyone thought, oh god, and then everyone else did it. So uh, you try and find a, a headphone jack on the flagship phones nowadays. There's not many. So this is maybe
0: they dropped the charging port and the SIM card in one fell, fell swoop. Yeah, and right. hey, Presto, and you've your got your only stock.
1: choice of, of charging up, it won't be the iPhone 14, it may be the 15, nah. they might do that. So you reckon the only way to charge up will be wirelessly, just sit it on a pad and then the way. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I could see that. Because you remember that, that
0: also introduces a, a waterproofing capability beyond what they have today.
1: Yeah. Maybe they'll honour the waterproof and under warranty too, if that's the case. Exactly. Yeah, wow. Well, that that'll be well. Aren't we moving away from that? Cables are so it's a bit primitive, eh? Having a cable connected to something nowadays. Yeah, i know, um... I know it's power, but having having that capability. Uh, even didn't remember years ago they were talking about wireless power, like being able to get power your device wirelessly, like through some kind of connection.
0: Just didn't, didn't, awesome. Oppo, didn't Oppo test something that was like in your lounge room and you just had to be within a couple of metres of it? But it just...
1: charge your device, like trickle charge it, yeah. Yeah.
0: Obviously, if you, if, you, if you don't have children and you want some, you might avoid that. I mean, <laughs>
1: <Maybe>. it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't Wear well, your lead, lead underpants, maybe. That could help you. Yeah, lead undies are a bit but of
0: undies, a, a detriment yeah. to the actual <laughs> act of um, the
1: creation. Yeah, but what... it, also, it also protects you. Protects your boys as well, doesn't it? <laughs> there you go. Just
0: give me a couple of minutes to, to undo these. <laughs> uh, anyway, look, the uh, I think this is a great move by Optus. They should be congratulated as the first um, network to make eSIMs available to all of their MVNOs, uh, something that neither Vodafone or Telstra have done yet but I'm sure they will follow very quickly suit. So you can read more about the Optus MVNO uh, launch across their uh, ECMs, ECMs for MVNOs at techguide.com.au and eftm.com, Stephen. Everything about tech you never wanted to know. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech.
1: Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly brought to you by our good friends at Arlo. Arlo have their cutting-edge security devices, as we know, their camera range. And it is EOFI, end of financial year time, so it's now time to grab a bargain. The Arlo Ultra 2 Spotlight wireless security camera is, has been discounted by up to 20%. There's a limited offer. It's on now and obviously runs till the end of the financial year. But there are wider savings, not only on that product, but also on other products in the range, including the essential indoor security camera, the Pro 4 Spotlight wireless security camera, and also on their wireless security cameras, the wireless video doorbell as well. So savings to be had you're saving 20 percent across the board so the wireless video doorbell instead of being $329 comes down to $239.20 so maybe if you're on the fence about some of these products this is a great way to get into them and once you're in there you're not going to regret it because that is these are the leading devices to have to keep an eye on you on your home be able got to check in on, on everything. Make sure you're getting those right notifications, smart notifications, so you know exactly who's at your door and what they are doing. The Arlo range is the one to get into, and there's these great EOFI offers. The end of financial offer is the way to go. Check out more at arlo.com.
0: Now, Stephen, um, EOFI uh, has also introduced a uh, complete, uh, unrelated to the actual EOFI, but just timing-wise, uh, Sony's looking for more of your cash they just they want you to shell out and this is all i mean this is gaming of the future right um it's pretty much subscription based uh, giving you access to more. I think that Xbox has dominated this space. I think the Game Pass has been a huge success. And we talked about this a while ago, PlayStation looking at a new tiered service for their PlayStation Plus kind of online subscription service. And basically now this is rolling out. You're, if you're an existing subscriber, you'll definitely have got an email about this. Um, if you're looking at um, you know, looking at their subscription models, this is the week that it's rolling out, we think from tomorrow onwards. There's three tiers, PlayStation Plus Essential. PlayStation Plus Extra and PlayStation Plus Deluxe. Now, there's a bit difference here. You've got to be careful what you read here because the um, the online reports of this globally are different to Australia. So, for example, in Australia, um, the, the the game streaming service that, that Sony has internationally isn't available. So you can't get access to the PS3 titles in their PS Plus Ugh. premium tier. But the PS Plus Essentials, for example, gives you – monthly downloadable games uh, exclusive discounts cloud storage for games multiplayer access which was always the, the key thing you wanted to have ps plus 4 um, and that's 11.95 per month the ps extra ps plus extra is 18.95 a month um, and there are a bunch of catalogs like 400 different ps4 and ps5 games so this gets into game pass territory i reckon mate where it's basically hey pay yeah. pay a monthly fee And there's always going to be great games that you can grab, but you don't have to buy and own. I I reckon that's the play.
1: It's the Netflix model, isn't it? Uh, That's what people are referring to these types of services. The Netflix of the Netflix of gaming in this instance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we spoke also too about how the the whole cloud gaming thing is going to really take off in the next few years, and how there won't be any need for a console in the in the near future. But uh, I still, PlayStation I still find
0: that cool. hard to hard to fathom, and I'm sure you do too. Well, given the how
1: tourists will will still want a computer and the console, to yeah. really take it to the next level. But it's you know I think we mentioned this too that it's like you know whether you're a streaming guy or a, you're a disc your know, movies off a disc or streaming, there is an improvement. There there is a, a, a improvement in the quality when you've got the actual physical media there, but just convenience. You know the other
0: part of it, I was thinking about the, you know we talk about cloud gaming as being literally you know it's just a screen but i think there's potentially something in these these uh, subscription tiers you know steam the the, the kind of platform based thing that's the app you install on your pc or your mac and that's how you download a game and you use it i just feel like playstation plus or xbox game pass could also be that on like let look at the mac like the the processing power of the m1 pro um max the, the standard and we've got no doubt that the m2 will, will, will similarly demonstrate this but the gaming potential of those is so great that if you own one you wouldn't bother with cloud gaming you'd want to do it all on the device so i'd want to have if i had a you know let's say i was paying the the premium the deluxe service with playstation 22 bucks a month i'd want to download a game onto my mac and play it like get a ps controller and pair it up i, I just feel like we've got to get to a world where it's Democratized gaming. You know, you choose your, yeah, your device. Exactly.
1: Yeah, the game. As long as
0: you're paying, you're on.
1: Exists everywhere. Yeah, the game is the game and it exists everywhere. It's like it's like that'd be like Netflix releasing movies that can only be watched on certain brands of TVs. Like, who wants that? Yeah, having a game that is just a game that can be enjoyed anywhere. I, I know that there is competition, of, fierce competition amongst the the platforms here, especially between PlayStation and Xbox where they still want to have that uh, that exclusivity. But, yeah. yeah, I can see what you're saying there. The the whole, you know, the whole rising tide lifts all boats sort of scenario yep. here, where if more people can access games and the market's going to grow for everybody, then absolutely this would, uh, if again, just reducing those barriers to customers to be able to get their hands on these latest titles.
0: I'm all the, for the, that. Put me down for that one. Yeah, bring it on. The If you're an existing PlayStation Plus user... You don't have to do anything. You will immediately get what is the essential service. Same price as you've currently been playing. Um, you probably get just basically a little bit better because you're getting some monthly game downloads as well. But if you want to get those extra things, um, like the access to PS4 and PS5 games, um, the the upper tiers. I I do think that the $22 tier is probably not going to be that desirable uh, personally. I think the middle range one, uh, PlayStation Plus Extra, which is essentially seven dollars more than what you'd been paying today, but but gives you for that the four hundred odd PS4 and PS5 games. I reckon that's a no brainer for a huge part of their existing market. Main, I think that's the sweet yeah. spot for the price.
1: And I think too the ability to pay yearly have you just go it, get that get that out the way and sort of get a discount if you do that. I think that's, that's, that's what I do with my PlayStation, well, the existing service I'm using. But even, even with some of my streaming services, I pay yearly too. Like Disney Plus, I pay that up front. Uh, Paramount Plus, I think I've done that as well. I pay that up front. So just the fact that you get it out of the way and you get a deal out of it, you get it cheaper, then I reckon that's a really good idea, having those tiers available to be able to play, pay the yearly there as well. Because it is you can pay every month, every three months or yearly. So put me down for yearly there for sure.
0: You're right because the 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 extra plan the middle one which I reckon is the sweet spot 135 bucks a, uh, a year well it's it's a little over 11 bucks a month so it's actually less than the standard monthly cost today absolutely but you're getting all the extra like 11 one, bucks a month yeah, that's paid good. up front to get games hundreds of games yeah, it is definitely. actually really compelling offer and i've noticed my kids with the xbox game pass just i see them playing a the game i'm going what's games like oh it's just come to game pass wow it's cool okay like it's getting people into more games when some people were i guess rusted on you know what game do you play oh cod and you know gran turismo that's all i play but now if you've never bought nba 2k like why wouldn't you grab it when it's part of your subscription have a bit of fun play
1: the game well it's all about you know what it, it reminds me of when the Music streaming services started, mm. and how it was, it cost you nothing to discover music to try it out. Mm. Remember, but yeah, remember before streaming and used to take a chance, you're like, I'm gonna buy this CD, and if it was terrible, then you're stuck with it. Now that that's and that's the same, that was the same thing for games, not you know, now and before. So, imagine now that discovery, and you might turn into this massive fan of that particular franchise.
0: Yeah, I'm. I think it's. I think it's uh, an interesting one for families to deal with because it is another cost every month, and we have talked about how many costs there are, and obviously the cost of living pressures everyone's under. But there are some super savvy people out there who find those deals. They they shift around as offers come up and all those kind of things. So. You know, if you're savvy with your spending, these things maybe aren't a big, big expense. And also, remember this: and we're, we're we're spruiking the the advantage of these things, but also, it's not for everyone. And I often look at our music subscription, and I've got no doubt if I didn't have three kids and a wife on a family plan, I would not be paying for Apple Music, because I do not discover new music, and the number of new songs I've just, I've listened to and kept listening to in the last few years. I would have been better off just buying those songs and adding them to my library because I don't yeah. care to to expand my horizons Very like that. Limited
1: right? in your in your exploration. You, mate.
0: I am boring. I'm across it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. If Alan
1: Farnum had released a new album, hey, eh, wouldn't that be good? It'll never happen again. Yeah.
0: What a shame. Yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: But you know Wouldn't it be good if long? they discovered like a vault of a sort of unreleased b sides or something? Mate, I've
0: said before, I still think the untapped market is Live concert, yes. I would pay. I'd pay. You know, Stan Sports, ten bucks a month. I'd pay five bucks a month for Stan. I don't know, live music or whatever it's called. You know, okay. if I could go back and watch the Talk of the Town tour, the Jack of Hearts tour, the Chain Reaction tour, yes, you know, mate, I would. I love watching. They're the only DVDs I watch. You know, are I my on music DVDs.
1: TV. I remember. I remember that concert. That concert that was amazing. That was a fantastic concert when he released Chain Reaction. Was the mate, end- I'll
0: bring the DVD around we're we'll watching in the theater
1: wow and you know what that's great because I've just added uh atmos speakers in the theater now mate I'm pretty confident Whoa. the
0: DVD doesn't contain atmos compatibility Whoa.
1: if there's a 4k version of it anyway I- uh, even uh, the atmos has just added a whole literally a whole other dimension to the sound in there it's amazing you'll hear it when you hear next time buddy Doing very well. <laughs> anyway,
0: you can read about PlayStation Plus, the new tiers rolling out at EFTM.com, Stephen.
1: Well, the how many times have you or my, your, our listeners uh, gotten up and not feeling very well, and they're thinking, whoop, time to chuck a sickie here, or as we call it, a Reuben wiki. Have you heard that rhyming? statement? Yeah, definitely. Reuben uh, and normally what you'd have to do is you'd have to, you know, <laughs> Years ago, you'd have to get or get on the phone and put on the voice. I'm not feeling very well. I can mean, Well, now and nowadays, some employers require a, a medical certificate. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. You don't want anyone rorting the system there. But that usually involved you having to get out of bed, go down to a medical centre or to your doctor, and and get them. They'd have to examine you, give you the certificate, and then that that that's and you're feeling sick in the first place. Now there's an app for that. It's called SICKY. SICKY spelled S-I-K-Y. Pure genius. Now, what this does, if you get up and you're not feeling very well or a person you're like, you know, maybe one of your children who's not feeling well, so you, get, you can get uh, carers' leave certificates as well as a sick leave certificate for yourself, you fire up the app. It'll connect you with a health professional. Now, in this case, the health professional is, are actually the health professional, are actually pharmacists. Now, pharmacists are the people who give you your antibiotics and all those to, they know, kind of, kind of know the, the medical side of things and they're experienced, of course. And under Australian law, they can provide that health care advice as well as issue a medical certificate. I didn't know that until. Neither reading, did I. I reading, would never reading. have thought to go to a pharmacy for yeah. a sick certificate. Uh, a pharmacist can actually dispense now, a not under the advice, but that medical certificate or the carer's leave certificate. So you have your little video call. You're connected by video. They ask you questions about your symptoms. They can see you as well or the person who you're caring for and then give you the diagnosis and, and say, well, okay, well, you're not fit for work. You can have your certificate, which will cost $19.95. That's the price for the certificate. So, uh Again, an app making things a little bit easier for yourself, for, you know, you think about too, it's reducing the congestion at a, at a medical center. Like let the real people, the, the, the real sick people yeah. who be there sort of have that attention rather than you going to get a, a medical certificate because you got the flu or something. This has
0: always been the problem with the health system. Um, They talk about, you know, people calling triple O when they just need to go to a a local GP, you know, legitimately people think they just call triple O when they're having some sort of problem. But in fact, if you're well enough, you should just present yourself to a doctor or or the emergency department. But obviously there's plenty of people who genuinely need triple O and ambulances, but there's also plenty of people who don't need to, you know, take up a, it it might only be a 10 minute consult with a doctor in the diary, but. That's also just, you know, sickness being brought to the doctor as well. So telehealth for this is genius. My only concern overall with this, mate, was the screenshots that they provided had, um, A, they dated back to 2019. So is this really new or is this just they've been testing it for that long? B, the pharmacist listed
1: is named Never Die. So uh, I'm not so sure about that. (laughs) Well one one note though to one, one thing to note here yeah. is that not everyone no not every employer accepts um, a medical certificate from a pharmacist. Some require a medical certificate from a registered medical practitioner like a doctor. Uh. So check with your employer or your workplace agreement uh, or your award, whatever you happen to be working under there, to to make sure that you're not wasting your money on this app if you do need a legit, not that this isn't legit, but like a doctor, medically, a medical practitioner to give you that medical certificate. What um, does
0: Joe accept, mate?
1: Joe, my wife, Joe.
0: Well, she's the only person that would have, (laughs) she's just self-employed, mate. If you're pulling a sickie.
1: Yeah. Yeah. you think, you No, I think that the the pharmacist, I I did not know that until I I, I wrote this story, but, the uh yeah the, again another do you think this is going to make it easier for people now to take a sickie or, or you know is it going to be oh hang on we've had a long weekend there's going to be a spike of people taking off a Friday you know
0: why I think it doesn't create a problem is because it's it's got a like there's a record and so if you're um, an employer who doesn't keep strong records of this kind of things like seriously there's there's a there's a record there of every certificate you've asked for let alone um been rejected or or approved so. You know, I, I I think if it makes it easier, look, I, I believe that in a post-COVID world, there'll be more use of sick days than ever before because people are less less willing to bring any form of sickness to the office, of course, yeah, A, off. for the embarrassment of people saying, you've got COVID, and B, yeah. because we've realised that actually a great way to stop spreading stuff
1: is... Is to not go to work, stay home. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. And 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 this was developed during COVID, so it is it is new. It was developable during the pandemic, and it is it is new. Um, but an Australian developed app too, so Aussies have developed this. So uh, and, and funny enough, they've got medical backgrounds, so we're not getting kind of a a uh, an amateur version of an app here. These are the guys who created this uh, have medical backgrounds, and the whole connection, I think, to because you got to talk to someone i know you're not talking to your boss you're talking to a doctor on video yeah that that kind of you you, you can't i don't know how well you how good an actor you are and how you can fake being sick like that i don't know maybe if a hangover can a hangover qualify you to feel and look sick enough to i think you know, i think like, many people oh, could pull it off,
0: off. Blue. <laughs> i think many people could pull that off so uh well, I think it's again, I think I just think it's a cool idea, well executed, and um, I'm sure it'll do, do very, very well. The app is called Sicky with uh, with a Y on the end, and uh, details and some screenshots are, are up at uh, techguide.com.au. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear. They've been with Two Bikes Talking Tech since the very beginning, and they're still with us now, 540 episodes later. And if you're looking for home networking solutions, Netgear has you covered their new uh, Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E product is uh, is an absolute stunner. Not only does it look great, but it, it, it provides the power and performance that your Wi-Fi network uh, deserves. Wi-Fi 6E is a new generation of Wi-Fi. And yes, I know we, we talk about new generations of Wi-Fi pretty much every year, but the point is Wi-Fi continues to improve. And the benefit of Wi-Fi 6E is actually clearer than it ever has been before in terms of generational leaps. If you have a Wi-Fi 6E capable of device Then when it connects to your Orbi Wi-Fi 6E, it gets its own bandwidth, it gets its own lanes, it works on its own and is not congested by anything else on your network. All of your new devices that are 6E compatible get that space to share as opposed to sharing it with slower devices. And so that's a huge win for traffic efficiency and bandwidth efficiency on your network. And in the end, that means better speed, better range, better coverage and better performance from all your devices. The Wi-Fi 6E product from Orbi is available now. You can check it all out at netgear.com.au. Now, Stephen Fennick, <laughs> you can't tell me you didn't lose your mind when you saw, while this is not an Australian story, yes. I still instructed my team to write this purely to annoy you. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to show the text messages to prove that. <laughs>
1: okay, righto. I believe that. Yep.
0: LG has announced... A Star Wars limited edition OLED. Oh. Now, this is a C2 OLED, so it's, the, it's, it's you know, they're, like they're the stunning. Model, yeah. Yep, it's a C, C2. Um, there's only 501 of them. Oh. Um, it is available in the U.S. I'm, a, I'm, I'm sorry, man, I'm not going to bring one home for you. Um, it's $29.99 U.S., which is basically $900 U.S. Dollars over and above the standard 65 inch C2. So think about it in Australia. That's like 1500 bucks. What do you get for your 1500 odd dollars? Right, you get a Star Wars branded magic remote. You get an exclusive gallery of Star Wars content for when it's in gallery mode. (laughs) The packaging is branded Star Wars with an image of Darth Vader. (laughs) Get this: the Darth Vader breathing sound. (laughs) Hey, did I did I do that well? Um, shut up and take my money, yes. Comes on when you turn – you'd be turning the TV on and off all day. Three times a day, yeah. And and it
1: comes with a numbered certificate of authenticity. Yeah, that's the kicker there, certificate of authenticity, which makes it – so you said there's a 501 of them? Yes. That's a limited number. Certificate of authenticity, and that means it's going to hold its value, this thing. So, uh, yeah, I would I would buy this if it was in Australia, straight out.
0: I am 500 is such a small number.
1: No, Do no, you reckon? Well, that would have sold out already by now then, wouldn't it?
0: You would assume or so, you... right. I mean, I remember that that tag Mario watch which was like 3 grand and there was You I reckon? say like 10,000 of yeah, them, right?
1: I'm doing very well, eh? That's yeah, right. You got one, haven't you?
0: <laughs> the day they released they were available for 10,000 on eBay. So, what's your wow. bid? If this is 3 grand yeah. What's it going to be for on eBay? US, US too, eh? Yes. It'll be five grand US now.
1: I Easy. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I think 10. I think they could easily get 10.
1: The thing with it, though, is that you'd have to, you'd want this to last a while. So you wouldn't, would people use this as their main TV? Would you use this every day? Because I don't know how in, in 10, 20 years' time, what's it going to look like and what's it going to sound like? That's the thing.
0: And, and I, this okay. is one of those things, and I often get, get, get interested by, you know, your coll- collection and things like that. Obviously, the, you wouldn't keep this in a box because you unbox this in 15 years. It will work as a screen and yeah. you could plug things into it, but that would be like unboxing a CRT TV today. We don't know what's going to exist in, in 10 or 20 years from now. But so, yeah, you'd have, want
1: to yeah, use the this. The Yeah, the remote control is pretty cool too. The branded remote control, that's re- pretty rare. And I reckon what you it has, do... It says it's got a lightsaber pointer.
0: Yes, on the remote control.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. And it says Star Wars on the remote too, so it is labelled. I
0: reckon what you do is you'd unbox it, you'd set it up, not for your daily uh, lounge room TV, but like in, a, yeah. in the man cave, like movie viewing. This would be where you watch movies. I reckon you get a second remote. I reckon you put that remote in yeah. a frame with your certificate of authenticity and and i think that you use a second remote so that it cuz it wears you know remotes wear the buttons and things yeah do you,
1: that's how i'd play it absolutely but it, like the tv itself though it's got the little the empire symbol on the back of the tv as well yes so you got your gallery you got your gallery views say all the which which you know what i could upload that if like i've got the c2 right now i could lg could potentially send me the wallpapers, I don't know whether they could make it. I don't, would that be like a firmware update where they could give me the breathing sounds? Or would that be, I don't know how that would work. If I they think
0: could. that would devalue the 501 sets they've spent all well, this everyone,
1: effort on. Of course it would. But yeah, it'd be, if like there's, there's the, this is the authentic package you get all of that. I suppose that's what makes it a limited edition that only those TVs can do that. So yeah, I don't uh-huh. think, going to be any way of hacking this and sort of trying to the the closest you can get is just getting hold of the gallery you could probably get the hold of that yourself and get your own star wars pictures and set that up in gallery mode that's as close as you get but you don't get no branded remote control you don't get the branded packaging darth vader breathing sound when the tv turns on i'm waiting for someone to share that on youtube if they already haven't done it numbered certificate as well of authenticity that's pretty cool yeah i knew you'd love that that one i mean the closest I got to this is the remember the Note 10. They did a yes. Star Wars Note Galaxy yes. Note 10, which I have, and I have the original packaging, and the they came with a with a cover, you know, the phone cover with Kylo yeah. Ren on the yeah. back, and the S Pen I think was red as well. So and I'm I'll tipping you didn't use it much. No, that's uh, packed away securely. That one. The <laughs> anything with Star Wars on it, mate. Boom! It's it's a uh, it sells.
0: This is if cool. It's if you like
1: Stephen are uh,
0: fascinated by uh, Star Wars there are some photos available at the ftm.com and I think you're right Stephen it'll be interesting to watch YouTube uh, two places to watch YouTube to see people that buy it and and show it box and it, secondly yeah. eBay very interesting to see what people sell these things for
1: because 65
0: inch TV is not an easy thing to ship either and yeah. you want the box like if you if you bought this I'd want the box to not have a single bloody mark on it
1: of course no, you'd want it to be want it to be pristine but it, it's only within the US, which is... Is the US only, did you say? Or I think there's US
0: Germany from? as well, yeah. Oh,
1: so what, they don't know. They don't reckon there's Star Wars fans in Australia? What's up with that? Yeah, I, and I look, I have Korea, Korea, where LG is from, they didn't even offer it there, did they? I don't know, mate. I'm, I'm
0: disappointed for you, mate, but I've got no <laughs> doubt you've been on the blower working your contacts um, feverishly. Yeah, there has oh. been some emails exchanged. <laughs> 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 Two bikes talking tech, details at eftm.com. Uh,
1: Stephen? Yeah, well, the, we're talking about gadgets and, uh, and products that uh, increase in value over time. Well, doesn't tech normally decrease pretty quickly over time? That's a pretty well-known fact that that happens. But you know what? You're going to be surprised. There was a, a report released by this U.S. comparison site, tech comparison site in the U.S. called Cell. Cell, would you believe? Cell as in cell as C-E, double L as the other cell. Ah, yes. So it was uh, – they, they put out this report that looked at the products that are depreciating slower than others. So you, you, yeah, right. you think of a brand, right? Think of – you think of a, a product you bought and how much it will be worth after a year or six months. Yeah. And what we're finding with this, with this report, the, the, the product that has depreciated the least – is the Sony PlayStation 5 oh um, my god isn't that unbelievable you think about why that would be right so it's still huge huge demand the scarcity of it as well like trying to get trying to get one is pretty hard so that that were added to the fact that it, that it made it so that the depreciation on that has slowed right down so it's only lost in 18 months 8 percent of its value. So that, that's 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 a for for a tech product that's remarkable. Second was the Xbox Series X, so that that dropped twenty one percent, which is still pretty respectable after eighteen months. That came out around the same time as the PlayStation. So uh, in, interesting. Top smartphone, which one do you reckon that would be? Well, I feel like it'd be it's the iPhone, wouldn't it? Yes, it is. The iPhone thirteen has only dropped since launch twenty seven percent.
0: Which, but the real surprise uh, there in the smartphone space is that the Samsung is not the next best; it's actually the Pixel.
1: Yeah, that, that that's that's d- depreciated an average of forty-eight point five percent. But you know what? The big the big shock for me was just how fast the Galaxy S twenty two range is depreciating. Yeah. That just dropped in the first three months; it dropped fifty-one point six percent. The Galaxy S twenty two. Now, then my other theory is that. The the platform, the consoles held their value because it's not something they launch every year. Hmm. Like you won't see another PlayStation yeah. for years or an Xbox. So that that's kind of I think one of the reasons it's held its value. Whereas a phone, you know that there's going to be a, a iPhone fourteen this year, a fifteen next year. Same yeah, with Samsung's yeah. going to have an S twenty three. Pixel's going to have a Pixel 7's coming out. So. That's, I think, another reason why they vary or they've got faster depreciation because, you know, there's another one around the corner.
0: And I think that the issue Samsung has with the S22 range and every, every S range, and by the way, phone companies don't give a rat's about depreciation. That's not the game they play. But the thing is Samsung plays a very aggressive discounting game too. You will find that in that you've got your pre-orders and then you've got a, a period of launch. And then you will pretty quickly find, you know, $100 off at JB's, you know, you'll find sales. And those sales mean that the value for the existing users also goes down because they're not going to get more than what it can be bought for brand new. So I think Samsung's pricing strategy does push them out of the, the depreciation race. You know, as a US survey, I still find it staggering that the Sony Xperia as a smartphone is in this list. Yeah, um, depreciating at a slower rate, very slightly than than the Samsung phones, um, and only only just below the Pixel Six. But yeah.
1: well, I think that's got something to do with the sort of the scarcity of the product as well. Like yeah. it didn't produce anywhere near as many as the as Samsung did of the S twenty two or iPhone, or Apple did for their phones as well. Mm, yeah, but, uh, even though in the on the wearable side, every every product is is susceptible to depreciation and some dropping faster than others apple tend to apple products and we're talking iphone ipads apple watch tend to hold their value better than other brands uh, and uh, that's i think the the, the longevity of the, the the ability for you to sort of hand that down to someone else in your family and that'll last for years that i think is has is a factor that Uh, why it would hold that value a little bit better. And and yeah, it's the same as you look at other, look at the car industry, car brands, some hold their value. uh, others as well. Like
0: it it was always a big factor when you were buying a car, you could look at, especially when you're financing, they would have talking about the balloon payment and you'd have to make that relative to the potential value of the car down the track. And obviously the value of the car is based on how well or badly they depreciate. Now, the car market today is such that it used to be that you drive a car off the lot and was thirty percent, you know, value, thirty uh, percent loss of value. But today, you drive off the lot and it could be increasing in value because they're so yeah. scarce.
1: Oh, well, it's because of the 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 difficulty to source a brand new car. That's why it sent the second hand market just sent that around, just gone nuts. But that's not the case. We don't see that the case in, in tech because. There's there's new products as I said around the corner all the time, so it's uh, interesting one that one. And it, it, it's it's the, the in the car space. On oh, oh, my impression, I remember thinking and I used to nicer driver, Mercedes. They they were tended to be kind of the apple of the car world, didn't they? They were yeah, the definitely held their value slightly better than other brands. Is that what you found? BMW
0: and Mercedes definitely you know have the yeah. some of the best appreciation numbers uh, in in the car car market for sure, and still do.
1: Yeah. Well, hope Tesla's are up there too, mate.
0: Oh, I've got no doubt they are, mate. No doubt, it's just you know lower numbers to to compare. But yeah. this will be the, this will be a year to test that. So it's a fascinating table that um, Stephen's published from Cell Cell. Um um Salsa Salsa. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> Should I say I that th- Spain? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and you can see the full list and and the different products and devices that have been covered in their depreciation values. Uh, at techguide.com.au. Stephen, uh, look, I, I'm i only over here for a short bit. I'll be back at the end of the week, and we can resume normal programming. Um, <laughs> what's the movie this week, mate? Friday morning, the movie Friday. drops in the best movies you've
1: ever seen. Yeah, it is uh, Con Air this time, uh, the, new, the new movie. We had the, the Warriors last week, which I thought is a brilliant movie. So you guys check out for yourself what Trevor thought about that movie. But yeah, coming up, uh, we will have Con Air, and a very exciting range of films we're going to be covering in the next few weeks too. So uh, we are getting some tremendous feedback on the the best movies you've never seen podcast, and we're slowly building Trevor's movie vocabulary. His, his view, the number of movies he's seen is uh, is bigger than ever before, and it's growing. And I do like the fact that you uh, I do hit the mark pretty well most of the time. There are times where you're thinking, eh, not not my cup of tea. But I think my record's still pretty solid.
0: Solid record. And uh, Conair is a cracker. You'll see uh, our full run-through of that this Friday in the best movies never seen. And it'll land in this podcast stream on Saturday. Stephen, uh, stay well. I look forward to seeing you face-to-face again next week for uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech. Travel safe, mate.